Let me see if uh, these buttons still work. Uh, here we go. Maybe. I think. If I press this button, something will happen. Yep, that does. does work. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Citizen Reporter, the podcast that, well, it consists of many things. You know, these days people say to me, um, I guess they've been saying that to me for 20 years, but now more than ever, they say, oh, you, you do a podcast. What's it about? And this should be perhaps an easy question for a lot of people. A lot of people have podcasts about something. Uh, my podcast I mean, it's called Citizen Reporter. It, it has been about asking questions, talking to journalists, filmmakers, documentary filmmakers, uh, concerned citizens, activists in different parts of the world. But that's really not all it is, right? You as a listener perhaps have been with me for some time and you, you know that it's personal. I think podcasting from its origins way back in 04, when we started with this journey, long before anybody knew what this was, it was personal above all. Personal first. Doesn't have to be, but it just was. That's that's part of what made it special. And so when somebody says like, oh, you have a podcast, uh, what's it uh, what's it about? And then uh, I always have to say, well, it's, uh, it's about life and conversations sometimes with people and they're Perhaps their struggles or their, I don't know, you want to call them victories, their successes or their ongoing processes. I think I like processes more than anything. Um, but it's just really hard to answer the question. Hi, everybody. February 28th, uh, at least the end of it. I hope I can publish this somewhere. Uh, oh, is this one of those months that has a 29? Accepting leap year. That's the time when February's days are 29. It's great to know the rhyme, but are we in leap year? I don't know. I don't feel like checking. I have a computer right in front of me, and I just don't feel like pressing any buttons. I'm just going to speak, and I don't have a script or a, even any bullet points, so this could go anywhere at any time. This is indeed Citizen Reporter. I am Mark Fonseca Renderu, more commonly known on the internet as Bicycle Mark, uh, whatever that means these days, right? Uh, I don't ride a bike very much. Well, very much. I ride a bike as much as any Amsterdammer. Uh, but that, uh, in the end, does that warrant the title Bicycle Mark? Who knows? It's something that we picked up or people picked up for me way, way back in New Jersey. Back when I was a New Jerseyan, 1997, I think it was. Um, and indeed, uh, this my podcast, and so I do what I want. But it's not just I do what I want. I have an audience. I have you. Uh, some of you who've been with me for years and some who are perhaps just stopping by and making that classic decision that people make these days uh, in the first, what, uh, two, three minutes of a podcast, you decide if you're staying or not. Or maybe you read the metadata or the title and you go, ah, I don't I don't want to hear a monologue episode because that's what this is, by the way. I don't have a guest. I will explain perhaps why I don't have a guest, but then again, it's my podcast. I don't have to explain why I don't have a guest. 
<laughs> and that's the uh, the power of podcasting. Like you could you could say your program is about something, and then tomorrow you could do the exact opposite. It's your podcast. Now I know fan expectations, advertiser expectations. Well, I have no advertisers. Uh, I haven't had advertisers since. You know, I think I had them back in 2005 and uh, promptly lost them. Ha! <laughs> no, I, I, I guess I kept them for a few months. God, if you, if you remember that, you get a prize. Don't know what the prize is, but uh, you can email me and we'll figure it out. Um, and, and yeah, so the podcast uh, today is just me. Uh, I mean, anyone listening to this program, be it now in 2022 or as the great Frank Nora of the Overnightscape always says, years and years from now, different civilization that's piecing together who we are. <laughs> I love that Frank says that, by the way, because uh, I like it. It makes some sense to me. And they're piecing together who we were, and they somehow get this audio file. And they're trying to get a clue based on what I'm saying about what life was and you have to consider that most of this stuff that we have now will somehow be lost which is amazing to think about because we've accrued so much garbage and uh, by garbage i mean all the stuff in your house and in mine maybe emphasis on my house because it's such a mess but uh that's neither here nor there uh if they did listen to this they should know and you certainly do that in this particular moment in history we have um look there are conflicts raging all over the world and uh that is not lost on me uh i happen to be based in the netherlands uh since 2000 oh come on brain since 2002 and wow is that, is that right that is right yeah 2002 and so uh, here i am in the continent of Europe, part of the European Union. Apparently, I think my tax money goes there, which I don't mind at all, by the way. This is not some kind of uh, EU diatribe. I'm, I'm okay with the EU. I mean, there's always room for improvement. Anyway, uh, the big topic, at least in the mainstream news outlets of this area, and I know also in North America, where I read quite some papers, is the invasion of Ukraine by uh, the Russian Federation, or, or perhaps we should we should be more to the point. It's the Russian government uh, <laughs> that has invaded. Uh, but when a government makes a decision, it mobilizes people. So I don't know. You know, Russian people get pulled into this, and um, and any of their allies. You know, Belarusians have also been pulled into this because they're using their country as a pass through. Um, which is also weird. Um, but indeed, yeah, Ukraine, we're, we're now in maybe the fifth day. And I say maybe because, one, as a self-preservation preservation tactic, sometimes I don't read. Um, of course, at night, I end up catching up on the whole day. But during the day, I try not to keep checking in some way, hoping that something good happens if I don't look. Um, but, the, but the other reason I don't look is actually uh, for a very pleasant personal reason i am now a father and there's one of those life moments uh that a podcast can capture um i even recorded the birth of my daughter uh, she was born on january 31st so she's one month old which sounds bizarro i mean it sounds crazy that i'm a dad it sounds crazy that i'm a dad 
a bit later in life, although people do everything later in life now. I'm 42. It also sounds crazy. I can never remember my age. Um, that I have a daughter. Her name is Luana. Luana, L-U-A-N-A. Luana Rendero Hoing. I'm still working on the um, the name with the various countries that I belong to. Never mind that. That's one of them tasks that I have to get done. But indeed, being a new dad, it is extremely, <laughs> it is extremely hard to do things or to do things all the way through or to do things without them getting stained or to do things without a scream. And I say this as the, what am I, a cis male? What's the, I can't remember. I'm, a, I'm apparently a man, though I often don't feel like much of one according to traditional tough guy definitions. But I say this as the man, so I somehow have this license to walk away or I'm back to work. So I just leave this child with my partner. Of course, I'm trying to work from home, though some people I work with would like that not to be the case, but I'm trying to work from home. And uh, so when there's an emergency, I can go over, pick her up. Not not my partner. I can pick her up too, but uh, uh, that would hurt my back. Um, oh, this starts to sound weird. You know what I mean? It was a joke about um, my baby, not my partner. <laughs> my baby. And uh, I can go over and, and help um, uh, in, in whatever form, you know, cheer uh, the little one up, which I do manage quite a lot. Uh, I sing. I sing a lot to her and she likes it or at least it puts her at ease, which is really cool. I I, I was warming this up, this whole tactic by singing to the um, baby in utero on a daily basis for <laughs> eight to nine months. <laughs> and it works. It works as everybody said it would. But uh, the point on this was uh, I have a daughter. Whoa. Good Lord. You know, life changed forever. Um, but that it is so hard to take in the world. I, I think that's the hardest part. Everybody was like, oh, say goodbye to your social life. My friends, I don't care about my social life. <laughs> I mean, I'll find social life. It was Corona time. It's, it's do everything at home. It's half your family is, a well, no, your whole family is abroad anyway or, or in another country. Um, you know, social life will figure itself out. I'm not worried about that as a dad, especially with all the people with kids. Then you just sort of, you see them and hopefully you see the people without kids because uh, uh, that's important. I will never forget all my years of not being a parent and how um, sometimes it felt, you know, back there, back seat, kind of in the corner, you know, out of the, out of the daily goings on of the other people that have kids. I don't, want that to happen to my friends who don't have kids because i yeah i remember how i felt anyway thoughts 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 uh invasion of ukraine going on um and you know this podcast and and citizenreporter.org if anyone dares to go back in the archives which i would encourage you not to do but i used to write about every conflict in the world you know if citizenreporter.org were a new website today and I was writing like I was in 2003, you would have articles about Yemen. You would certainly have articles about Palestine. You have articles about uh, what's going on in Western Sahara. You would have articles about the struggles of for democracy in Venezuela. You would have, uh, oh, and on and on and on and on. And uh, it's somewhere along the way I wrote so much and so often that I stopped wanting to hear my own opinion. 
Also, blogging evolved into podcasting, podcasting evolved into whatever this podcasting world is now. And there's just so many opinions everywhere, so of Twitter, of course, and Facebook and everything. So it just stopped being interesting to have an opinion. Certainly, you know, I got to travel everywhere and meet thousands upon thousands of people, many of which I consider my friends, including in, in Russia, one of my most favorite places on earth where I had such special experiences and, and I wonder if any of my Russian friends are still out there listening, um, but I don't expect you to. <laughs> and uh, But no, here we are in a time where uh, that country has uh, done something that I myself didn't expect. I was just watching the video blogger, um, I think he goes by the name, it's new to me, but he goes by the name Broke and Bald or Bald and Broke or something. Um, quite good, by the way, at least the episodes I've seen. And he, British-Polish guy who traveled into Ukraine a few days before the invasion and is just documenting and asking people, you know, you think anything's going to happen? And people are responding like maybe many of us did in the days before. And they're close, but still they said, nah, nothing. You know, it's just talk. It's just rhetoric. Um and uh, and instead, we have an actual full-on, I think, as far as full-on goes, invasion from various sides um, in this in this country that is outnumbered. If you want to get into, you know, soldiers and equipment, um, it's um, it's <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it's just really bad. And then we have this situation of, you know, you can have friends in this world, you can have countries that are your friends, you can have friends that say they're going to help you, okay, they're not part of whatever military alliance, so-called NATO, um, but you have all these good intentions in the world, but can all the good intentions help you when, you know, your city is being bombed, as as I speak to you right now, I believe sirens are going off again in, in Kiev, as they have all the last few nights. And say nothing of the smaller cities that are either surrounded or apparently the Russians have been pushed back. And it's just a terrible, terrible time. And again, not forgetting about Syria, about Iraq, places where there are uh, incursions from different military groups, unfortunately ongoing. There are bombing raids being carried out by Saudi Arabia and Yemen. The U.S. does bombings. I don't, they don't even report them all anymore in various parts of the world when it's uh, considered militarily necessary, whatever that means. I'm just making up terms. Or no, that's more like the terms they make up. So it's a crazy time. And and I got to admit, despite everything in the world and, and that, you know, the Ukraine conflict certainly just i don't know it it is f just there it's, it feels close right um certainly i live in a country where there are many ukrainians and there are many people with life that is intertwined with ukraine and you could just drive from here to there and you'll be there in what i don't know two days um so maybe that makes it feel more nearby um maybe the slow motionness of it all the way it happened i mean i was on <laughs> i'm somehow still on twitter and i was joking slash criticizing joe biden because well he's not a great president my friends but never mind it's hard it's a hard job it's a hard job he's certainly better than his predecessor um but you know joe biden just kept saying uh, hey russia's gonna invade uh, i don't know weeks before it happened the next day anthony blinken 
he would say, yeah, uh, Russia's going to invade. And every day they took turns saying, Russia's going to invade, invade. And I was just thinking, like, you guys need to stop this. Like, I don't know if you're making this real by saying it, or is it like, I, I think I called it irresponsible to just keep saying it. Um, now... I think a little differently, not to say that what they were doing was the right thing. I still don't understand their strategy, but I have to say, okay, I guess they really do have intelligence and I don't mean brains. I mean like, you know, people on the ground that know things, um, but still their strategy of just telling the world like, yeah, no, they're going to do it. And then watching it happen is weird. Um, I think it's, it's one thing that you can be, I don't know, thankful for that a government, a friendly government is saying, hey, hey, you know, big military next door is coming over and they're going to take try to take over. Um, but then if they just watch it happen, um, I don't know, seems an incomplete uh, assistance uh, or, or process. Um, I don't I don't look to the U.S. government with a sort of ah, thanks, guys, because in the end, they watch it happen. They know all this stuff and they watch it happen. Um, equally weird, I don't know, I put everything under the category of weird, um, is, you know, military equipment being, being openly, because I would expect a lot of this to be done quietly, because you don't want everyone to know for various reasons. So you would send military equipment and not tell anyone, but no, no, uh, the countries of Europe and, and Australia, and, and I don't even know are sending military equipment, and they're specific about what they're sending. Uh, uh, javelin, no, not the sport in the Olympics, but the, what is it, shoulder-mounted missiles, and not just javelins, but um, other various names for things that you can carry and launch a missile that can destroy a tank, right? So these are things that you can ship fast, and apparently anybody can learn how to use them because they're handing them out to anybody at this point in Ukraine. Um I'm of two minds about this. One, we need, they, people need help. And one way to help them, I could understand, is to help them defend themselves. Um, hopefully not to blow themselves up, by the way. I, th I think about that all the time. How many times as someone who's just showing up saying, give me a gun, give me a, a shoulder a propelled thingy, and then you, you blow yourself up. I hope not. I haven't heard any of that happening but i i worry um and and so the military equipment is being transferred my other side of my brain on this is what is this world where we go no no we're not getting involved in your conflict and then we publish information saying but we are sending you all these missiles enjoy or yesterday's announcement uh which i believe was verified forgive me if it turns out it wasn't but was that the eastern european nations uh, i'm talking uh, slovakia poland maybe they were sending all their old migs um you know all the russian made fighters that that uh, are, are the property of these governments and apparently have been upgraded over the years uh, they're just sending their planes and then uh they didn't really specify but i guess it means then ukrainian pilots can just take them which implies that there's a bunch of Ukrainian pilots hanging out waiting for planes, which I, is that true? It sounds possible, but also not. So there's all this weird information that, I don't know, you're sending equipment, but you're not going to help otherwise. <sighs> I don't know. 
I mean, and, and in a day and age of drones, and, and you, you might not even have to send people, but you could. Interestingly, all these people are going anyway. Um, this reminds me also during the conflict in Syria to join the YPG. There were, I know of Americans who uh, were just felt like they needed to go and fight ISIS. Um, I would consider this quite different um, but you can argue there's some similarities to people who decided they were going to go fight for the caliphate, right? That whole thing. I mean, and the difference for me is a group of people were going to help defend a country that existed or defend humans, really, that that were, I, I would say, under attack. We quite We know quite for certain that they were under attack. The other people, the caliphate people, were going to build a theoretical country, that was based on certain religious doctrines. So like, I just don't think that's the same thing. So I consider that people are, I find it more interesting anyway. That's my thing. Um, people going to Ukraine now to help the Ukrainians, cities and people. Um, I don't know. I find that pretty inspiring. I think of Hemingway, who I don't even know if he was a good soldier, but certainly a good writer and went to Spain to be part of the International Brigade and uh, I think hurt himself. Uh, I don't remember exactly how, but, um, you know, in that time, artists who maybe weren't even great fighters or had experience, they went to Spain because it was a battle against fascism, which was the system that was being offered or implemented by one side and and what was called republicanism or rather democracy, the, the republic um, in the small r sense. Um, and that's where, of course, Hemingway went to fight and, and so many others. And here we have international brigades again, this time in Ukraine. Um, I don't know if any Hemingways are going, but maybe, maybe certainly, uh, uh, some other earnests are on their way. Um, so it's a, it's a unbelievably sad time. And, you know, I, I know that one of the calls to add, not to action, the calls to, or the reminders people send, be positive, stay positive, find the positive. Um, and if that helps you, that's good. I mean, I have this little baby girl that I can look at and makes me smile when she isn't screaming. And even then, sometimes she makes me smile. Or when she poops on everything, somehow I think I can laugh. Something about poop everywhere turns out to be funny when it isn't really gross. Thin line between gross and funny, my friends, um, at least in this house. But um, yeah, this is, uh, I, 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 I don't have anything positive to say regarding the invasion of Ukraine, but except for these small points of eh, like, oh, wow, humans, humans doing things. And, you know, the social media posts, I read them. I, I also get a little bit of addicted to scrolling them. And everyone wants to believe that this is a David and Goliath story where, I mean, I'm not saying it isn't, but where uh, David, the smaller one, um, is is succeeding or, or you know, is it's, it's, this is working. And it's so hard to know the difference between what I want to see and what is really happening. And I, I think the same thing of people on social media, very hard to discern between what you want to be true and the reality of what is happening. And, and so I could point to any number of stories and, and arguments, but it's just like this whole thing that it's a bad situation, outnumbered, uh, shouldn't be happening. 
but they're going to defend the place and that the Zelensky, the president of Ukraine is awesome. And, you know, maybe he is cool. Um, I certainly enjoy his, his uh, statements and his style now that I've tried to get to know it a little bit. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's that power of, if you believe something hard enough, sometimes it does become seemingly true. But there is an end to that at some point, especially often when it involves your home blowing up, um, obviously your your country being dismantled, and just people you love being killed. You know, that's where your belief that things were going to be okay really, I don't know, it has a limitation. You know, I, I felt that a lot. You know, if you've followed this podcast over the years, we've been in Afghanistan multiple times. And had great friends from Afghanistan that now have either died or, or, or scattered all over the world. Thankfully, many of the people that appeared on this podcast are safe somewhere in the world, um, though not all. And even there, you know, I, I often felt there was a lot of hope. But then whenever I was somewhere where there was hope, a, a someone with a gun would pass by and usually it was a soldier so you're you're probably okay or police but it was something about the presence of the threat of violence um even if it hadn't happened yet the threat of violence was very hard to overcome with hope and certainly once the violence came once the bomb exploded as it as was the case often that i don't know that's like the edge like you fall off the edge of of hopefulness yeah, yeah, yeah. After after the bomb, you you restore some kind of hope. You go on with life. You you remember the fallen and all this. But I just yeah, for, that's that's me, right? I, I mean, other people need need to go a different way. Need to justify it all a little differently. So yeah, conflict in Ukraine. Can't believe it's happening. Don't know. Can't really see when it ends um, because you have a an aggressor. Um, that that's is certainly what the Russian government is. It's it's a colonialist government. It has been since the Soviet Union, by the way. It never really decolonized. But anyway, this is a non-academic telling you things. Um, occasionally, I hope that all the the people living under the sort of thumb of this colonial government in places like um, uh, Moldova or the, the the ungoverned area and uh, Ossetia and all these just will just sort of at this very moment just kind of rise up not in violence but just resistance you know uh that was probably silly because that's not going to happen it's not how life works it works differently um but hey it can surprise you i guess and certainly i read the reports about the russian government not uh, the Russian military not really being able to do this and struggling and uh, riddled with corruption and uh, giving their bosses pleasant reports when actually things aren't working out. Again, sounds like, gives me hope, right? That that actually this invasion is going to end because of their own ineptitude. And that's great. You know, they'll turn around, go home, uh, put their guns down, something. Uh, maybe they can just be welcomed into Ukraine as sort of prisoners for a little while and then friends. Oh, what am I talking about? I'm, I'm sleep deprived. Never mind. Uh, I am going to go on East radio, I think tomorrow to talk to Madge about all this. So this is also a chance to get my thoughts out. It's so odd that, um, first of all, odd that I never took a break during this program. <laughs> 
And second, that um, that we live in this time where I both I I had a baby. Uh, I also have a a partner. We're now what's it called? Civil unioned, and that's wonderful. I'm going to have a home, which is really scary because then you get involved in this whole mortgage business, and I've been avoiding it all my life, and here we go. End of avoiding it. And um, at the same time, uh, yeah, invasion of a country, destruction of a country, uh, more millions of people displaced on top of the already horrible things we've seen this year or the end of last year. I mean, uh, in Afghanistan, uh, ongoing elsewhere in the world. I just, uh, it's uh, oof, tough going, tough going. Don't know. You know, people always say, oh, I don't want to have children because how can you bring them into this world? I hadn't really thought of that. Um, but, you know, going to find a way. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully my daughter will be aware of the complexities of this world um, and uh, and be able to handle it in a way. Maybe better than me. Ha. Um, that's always the dream too, right? That they could be better than you or, or not have your weaknesses or shortcomings. And I feel full of shortcomings, <laughs> inability to finish my statements these days and, and know where I'm going. But one thing that I knew I wanted to do because I always value it so much and I value it, it's a, it's a personal exercise, but it's also... And a possible connection with with people out there, some of which I've known for so many years. You know, this podcast goes all the way back to 2004. That's not nothing, my friends. And uh, without you, that connection doesn't exist. Without you, it's just me recording things and putting them on the internet for myself. And this is one of those moments, uh, not that I'm really a, a journalistic uh, source, I'm not, uh, on, on what is happening in the world, but... Maybe years from now, many years from now, this is just another time capsule in what was going on in one human's life, or at least this household, but also what is going on in millions of humans' lives and how hard it is to know what to do, uh, to see what is going to happen, and to stay hopeful somehow, or to find the, <laughs> the positive in, look, a lot of negative. This should not be happening. We we are... This was a choice. This did not have to be. I don't care what anyone says. This did not have to be. We are in this world of war by choosing, conflict by by strategizing, and, and that's definitely going on here. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope uh, a good check-in. Um, I'll uh, be back soon with some conversations. I'm still... My, my series that I want to launch is a very simple one. Uh, the question of what have we learned after, what, two years of pandemic? Am I got the right number? What have we learned? Um, and that could be for individuals. I think that'll be the most interesting part. But I'm curious about the bigger lessons for society. Uh, what have we learned? You know, our world is not necessarily good at learning lessons. We, we see that right now. But uh, we do. We do sometimes. And things do change. So I'm curious to hear from old friends. Maybe all the people that came on the podcast uh, at the beginning of Corona can come back and tell me what they've learned as individuals and what they see in their communities, in their country, what people have learned. Um, I'm hopeful that people have learned something. I want the world to be a little different than it was in a good sense. Um, 
But I'm also skeptical. I see how people don't learn. <laughs> see? Two minds about this whole thing. All right. This, uh, this two-minded person is going to go to sleep. Uh, they always say, oh, sleep while the kid is sleeping. My friends, when am I going to podcast if I sleep while the kid is sleeping? Beyond that, when am I going to do the dishes if I sleep while the kid is sleeping? No, no, no. You can't sleep while the kid is sleeping. You got things to do. But when you're done with those things, maybe you can catch a nap before the kid wakes up again. This is my wisdom after exactly four weeks of fatherhood. Oh boy, am I new to this. I wish you all well. Uh, I'll go out uh, with my dear friend Tom Brousseau. And uh, until next time, thanks so much for listening. Citizenreporter.org. Subscribe. It's still possible in your podcast player. And I'll be back with you as soon as possible. And if you're subscribed, you'll know because you'll see me. Take care. Stay safe, as they say, wherever you are in the world. Hunker down if you need to. Take care. See ya. See ya. Thank you.